Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to the final episode of Season 2 of 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki, joined here with my co-host, girlfriend, partner, my Julia Louis-Dreyfus-esque eccentric neighbor, Kara Zalaya. <laughs> Hello, everybody. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That is correct. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So let's get into it. Kara, my dear, what are we watching this week? This week, in our final episode of Season 2, we are watching the 1989 movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, starring Chevy Chase as the titular vacation Christmas. I don't know. That's a tough bit to do with this one. (laughs) For sure. So you had seen this movie, correct? Yeah, I had seen it semi-recently from what I remember. And, you know, I gotta say, I had a fonder memory of this movie than I did rewatching it this time around. I do have the ability to suck the joy out of a movie when I am not having a good time. It wasn't even that so much as it was that I remember the basic concept of this movie, but everything in this movie was a bit. Yeah. There was very little plot in this movie, Mm -hmm. and I don't even, I wouldn't even go ahead and say that it was called, I would call it B plot or C plot. It was just bits. Yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into it. But like, yeah, so I had remembered watching this movie a number of times growing up and recently, like in the past few years, and I had remembered liking it Hmm. and like enjoying myself with it. And this time around, it was a little different than that, I would say. Just a touch. How about you? What was your experience going into that? Had you not seen it before? Famously, I had not seen it before. Sure. Uh, I've never seen this. I know that Chevy Chase is a terrible person. That's mm-hmm. universally accepted. Right. That said, he was in one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up, which was The Three Amigos. It's an incredible movie. And I don't know if we've said it on the pod before. I'm sure we have. We really loved Only Murders in the Building, which had the two important amigos from Three Amigos. Martin yes, Short. we did say that last episode oh, when we great. talked about Martin Short being in the third <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Cannot recommend enough Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Despite the fact that I know Chevy Chase is a terrible person, mm-hmm. I have enjoyed him in things in the past. Sure. So I was coming into this pretty neutral. I feel like I've seen some of the other vacation movies not really paying too much attention to them but they were just sort of on because culture sure and there's a bunch of them so it's it's kind of hard to miss at some points exactly so i thought that this was going to be a road trip to a grandma or an aunt's house Mm-mm. and i thought that at some point chevy chase would have some sort of emotional outburst typical that's what he does best and that would make his kids feel bad in some sort of way, and they would all come together to make it up to him. Interesting. The people who are going on the Christmas vacation are coming to Chevy Chase's house on this one. Right. And we talked about this before, where I have always kind of thought about this term vacation in the concept of like winter break. Mm, Not necessarily they're going on a trip somewhere, but it's just like their winter vacation. And it also fits in the theme with all of the other vacation movies. Well, let's get into what this movie was about. As you've already alluded to, and I'm going to let you take it away. They fancy themselves in this cast and crew as a Coen Brothers-esque tale where there isn't really a plot, just a lot of details. Am I wrong? (laughs) You're not wrong. 
It is very plot light in this movie. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot that happens from the beginning to the movie to the end of the movie in terms of character growth, story growth. No one changes. Nobody changes. People get convinced to do things, but it's not like a, a personal change. Yeah. And so let's let's just get into that. Sure. It's Christmas in the Chicago suburbs, as it is in most of the movies that we watch of in this course. podcast. Because uh, who was involved in these movies? John Hughes. And Chris Columbus. Yes. Chris Columbus is not involved in this mm, movie. That's what you think. Oh, Chris. <laughs> so this movie was directed by Jeremiah Chichik. Chechik? I don't know who that is, but it was written by John Hughes. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I guess Chris Columbus had something to do with this one. Maybe a producer. Maybe a writer. I'll let you know in the fun facts. Maybe he was supposed to direct it all possibilities but like i said it's christmas in the chicago suburbs and chevy chase is playing a character named clark griswold and his family his wife's name is ellen and he has two children named audrey and russell clark griswold is his name clark griswold what kind of fantastic beats and where to find them bullshittery is that name clark griswold clark griswold sounds like someone in fantastic beasts and there are the beasts <laughs> where are the beasts gotta go find them <laughs> gotta go find them i yeah. mean it does sound like grindelwald is that what you're going for i don't know it just sounds like griswold and grindelwald sound similar it just it? sounds like he's running around going where are the beasts though there they are <laughs> I saw those movies. Yeah. So Clark wants to have a big family Christmas. He wants to have his parents, Ellen's parents, his aunt and uncle, and even his cousin Eddie shows up at one point with his family. Mm. And that's sort of the plot of the movie. He wants to have this big family gathering because he's always dreamed of having a big family Christmas like when he was a kid. He works as a like food scientist at this company in Chicago. And the whole thing with that is that he's waiting on this big Christmas bonus from his company that he's planning on using the money to buy his family a swimming pool. Sure. Basically, everything in the movie goes wrong. All of these movies are about how spending the holidays with your family is a terrible idea. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's really the whole thing in the movie. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Sure. But at one point, he and his dad are having a little bit of a heart-to-heart after Clark has a huge meltdown. Yeah. And he's like, Dad, how did you get through the holidays like this when we were younger? He just goes, well, alcohol. Yeah. And that's it. There's no moral. Pretty upsetting. What, what, what is the joy? Who is this for? Yeah. We'll get into that, too. I think you have some thoughts on who this movie is for. I definitely do. So some of the things that go wrong are he goes and buys a Christmas tree that's far too big for his car or his house. Sure. He doesn't buy it. He just, like, steals it from the land. Well, yeah. He uproots it, quite literally, because he forgets to bring a saw. Classic. We'll get in. I have a, I have a list of all of the bits. Sure. But I'm just going listing things that have gone wrong. Okay. Eventually, his tree burns down mm. on like christmas eve his cousin shows up which he wasn't expecting right and he and his like this is like his like second cousin or something who is living in an rv and is like you know randy quaid <laughs> sure. also famously terrible person randy quaid oh cool 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 yeah another part of the movie is what we will call the the deck the halls <laughs> part of the movie where he tries and puts twenty five thousand lights on his house and they end up not working a couple of times and there's a whole bunch of back and forth of trying to get the lights to work and then they're on they're off but he's not out there he is out there and eventually it ends up working but there's a lot of build-up to this light display that he's yeah. putting on in his house and it's it's kind of uh kind of a dud 
Yeah. It eventually lights up and it looks fine. We should go into the fact that Deck the Halls fully plagiarized one element of this movie that wasn't even very good and then made an entire other film that was somehow worse than the original bit. It really was. Like we were watching it and it was Deck the Halls. Right. And I remember watching Deck the Halls and being like, this is kind of like the Chevy Chase movie. I don't think I voiced that on the podcast, but I was like, this is kind of like that. And like watching this one, Matthew Broderick's family is the exact same archetype of it where it's like a white that he like loves but has weird fantasies about other women about an angsty daughter looking for attention sure and the son who's Who's there who's just there there was a moment when Chevy Chase came out and I was like oh the boner joke is coming because there were like 15 boner jokes about Matthew Broderick in Deck the Halls Uh, yeah I don't think there was a boner joke in no there wasn't but I it was like Chekhov's boner joke it felt we're not naming this episode Chekhov's boner joke don't worry oh god I just froze when you said that. I couldn't even muster a laugh because of how upset I was. Last episode, baby. I know, truly. Anyway, so the last straw that breaks the camel's back in this movie is that he doesn't receive his bonus check from his company, but instead receives a Jelly of the Month Club membership, which is... And so he goes on a huge tirade and gets really angry and starts screaming and destroying the house and... Eddie, his cousin, decides to take it upon himself to go and kidnap Clark's boss. Uh And Eddie kidnaps his boss and brings him back to the house. And Clark's boss has a realization that Clark and all his other employees really, really need the money this time of year. He feels bad. And so he decides he's going to give everybody their bonus with like a 20% increase from the past year. Sure. They all go their merry ways. And... That's sort of the whole thing of the movie is that he wants this Christmas bonus and he eventually gets it despite at first not getting it. Sure. Now he can put a swimming pool in for his family. Yeah, this falls in line with what I'm now going to call the Christmas movie motif of nothing happening and Mm -hmm. everyone being terrible. Sure. And of course, the quintessential version of that is from A Christmas Story. (laughs) Which I continue to maintain is a movie where nothing happens and everyone is terrible and you have to be a part, a specific part of Americana to like vibe vibe with with it. it. And Mm -hmm. I am not. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. This this movie was not made for the Honduran immigrant woman, (laughs) believe it or not. What? Who grew up in Florida. I I do not understand when it not be about me. (laughs) Oh, man. So I want to just go through every bit that they try and shoehorn into this movie because it's much longer than that recap was. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to kind of hammer through these. And I want you to, you know, give your impressions on each of the bit. Okay. And just see like, you know, like 1 to 12, how would you rank the bit? (laughs) Okay, I love this. I think this will be a fun fun A fun segment that we came up on the spot. Just now. All right, number one. These will be kind of in chronological order throughout the movie. Sure. They drive to the middle of nowhere to cut down a Christmas tree far too big for their house, but they forgot a saw, so they have to uproot the entire tree. And also, on the drive there, they get into, like, a race with another car and end up driving underneath a semi-truck, which then leads to them to almost crashing. Okay, I'm going to give this bit a 7, because I was still in it. I was still like, okay, yeah, this, this is a this is a family vacation movie. Got it. Yeah, this is also the opening scene of the movie. Yeah, I was in. And it was actually like a tense, riveting, weird, unnecessary, toxic masculinity. But like, whatever. I was in. Yeah. And you also, at this point, you were like, oh, they are going on a road trip. Right. I think this is going to be a 12 out of 12 for you. Mm. They're neighbors. Oh. This like highly uppity. Yes. Couple played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Nicholas Guest. They both hate Clark. 
Yeah. And seemingly don't like Christmas very much. Yeah. And throughout the movie, Clark causes their power to go out, cuts a tree down that collapses into their house. He shoots an icicle from like the roof through their window and it melts all over their stuff and they just despise each other. Clark hates them. They hate Clark. They are hands down the best part. 12 out of 12. Love them so much. In fact, I would watch mm, 80 minutes about these this couple, this neighbor couple watching their neighbor just being off the rails. I love their American Psycho-esque house. I feel like David Fincher would make a Gone Girl-esque Christmas movie based on these two. Wow. And I would be very into it. So underlit. Yeah. wildly underlit despite christmas (laughs) the next one he puts up twenty five thousand lights on his roof and they don't work at first and also ellen's parents keep calling him a failure he also has like 10 different pratfalls from this roof he hurts himself a number of times he like staples his sleeve to the roof and like falls into bushes zero i hate physical comedy unsurprising (laughs) they go sledding at one point and he greases up greases up one of the sleds and shoots off into the night with like a literal rocket strapped onto him and goes sledding through the trees and ends up crashing into like a grocery store or something i'll give it a three i like seeing chevy chase suffer now i don't i don't know how you're gonna react to this one uh he gets trapped in the attic at one point oh god (laughs) and there's a number of he steps on the floorboard and the floorboard shoots up into his face nope once again but then he has this moment where he finds old home videos and is sitting in the attic and watching the home videos from when he was a kid remembering his christmas that was sweet the element where he watches the home videos was probably the only humanizing element that this entire film has so i will give it a five golden rings Mm -hmm. that's yeah i thought that would be the redeeming aspect of it because there's a little bit of heart in that moment yeah and that's it though and then the last bit that i wrote down after they kidnap the boss a literal swat team surrounds his house and breaks in through every window and door and holds the entire family at gunpoint what did you think about that great bit it's a terrible bit, so zero. Unnecessary. All of it is on. Un- also, there were guns. Yeah. It was scary. I didn't love that. No, it Hated was bad. that. I think I'm going to get into my notes. Yeah, go go for it. What do, you, what do you got for us? Okay, I've got a lot of thoughts. I've said it once. I will say it a million times. I do not like physical comedy. I understand that's not for me. I'm not here for the noises off tomfoolery, and that's fine. That's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. I am, however, a fan of the John Hughes films. Sure, right. This one has no heart, which is like the centerpiece of most John Hughes films. Mm -hmm. Like you look at Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you look at The Home Alones, you look at Breakfast Club, and everyone is nuanced. Mm -hmm. There is heart. There is complexity. There is a general good feeling. There is none of that in this movie. Yeah, that's that's really fair. I'm going to say something controversial. I think Chevy Chase is less likable in this than Matthew Broderick in Deck the Halls. And wow. you may disagree with me. I do disagree with you only because Matthew Broderick is incredibly unlikable in that movie. If you have not listened to the Deck the Halls episode of 12 Days Pod, go listen to it because there's a lot of parallels here. Listen, I'm not saying Chevy Chase is good in this movie. Sure. He, like... He's not a good character in this movie. No. But I'm just saying Matthew Broderick's character is worse. Okay. They're, they're, both, both terrible. they're both terrible. Men are That's terrible. What we agree on. Men are trash. I just so wish that this was like a John Candy movie. Uh, yeah. You know, the whole time I God, was like, why just, isn't this John Candy? We just need to watch a John Candy movie. To I know. Every, I feel like every time you're like, where's John Candy in a John Hughes movie? Yeah. I 
just wish this was. We like, watched one half of Uncle Buck. I know. All of a sudden, <laughs> your clamor. No, I love John Candy. I always have. I, I know. That our first episode ever was me being like, Gushing. "This movie just needs John Candy in it." No, you're not wrong. And so it's nice to kind of have a full circle moment on our last episode of season two, where mm-hmm. I'm like, "Where is John Candy?" Yeah. So I'm going to blame Chevy Chase a lot for this because although the dialogue is ridiculous and the premises are bad. If you had a leading man who was likable, like mm-hmm. a John Candy or a Steve Martin, in the exact same role, it would be a vastly better, funnier, kinder movie. That's fair. Even when we didn't know that Chevy Chase was terrible, which I feel like we've kind of always known. Sure. He is, like, maniacal in this. And it is extremely off-putting. The thing with Chevy Chase that we talked about, too, is that he needs someone to bounce off. Yes. I mean, he is the straight man. Right. and that's Which what, is ridiculous. Which, it doesn't work. It's not great. And then I'm going to come to my last note, which is, who is this movie for? And so I said to you, by the way, we watched this 90-minute movie. It took us like three days to watch This was it. the longest 90 minutes of my life. About 20 minutes in, I was like, you see, I feel like people like this movie because some male relative showed them this movie when they were at a young enough age where watching this movie was kind of a risque adult thing to do. Sure. So like a cool uncle, maybe a cool dad, they were like come on over here. We're going to go to the movies and see a national lampoon. And like there were boob jokes. And like, I can imagine an uncle like ribbing you, you know, like sort of being like, yeah, we're going to set of those. I don't know. I'm not a boy. I don't know. Look, I had an uncle who loved the like Adam Sandler, like big daddy, those types of movies. And thought that, you know, those were hilarious. And like, comedy and even though i never liked those movies i have fond memories of him trying to share anything with me literally any vague detail of trying to have a connection with so if you take away that That, element yeah or you're watching it passively right and you're doing other things i'm sure this movie is palpable and if this is one of your favorite movies as always you know feel free to disagree with us that's what this is for but with a critical eye and a critical eye the way we see it which is like we're just here to have a good time it's bad i just wish it was at all joyful And it's just kind of mean-spirited. Those are my notes. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Do you have any notes? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this movie is good by any means. Sure. I don't necessarily think it's as bad as you do. And I know you're going to disagree with that. I don't think this is a a top-tier Christmas movie by any means. This isn't even like a top-tier vacation movie. Like, there's other vacation movies that I, I... you know, I'm going to say I think are better, but I don't, again. <laughs> you haven't revisited them. I haven't revisited them in a long time. Sure. So I don't fully remember, but this was never my like favorite Christmas movie growing up. Like you said, when I have watched this movie, I have watched it very passively. Sure. I'm, I'm not, I have never sat down with the intention of I'm going to actively watch and pay attention to Christmas Vacation. Sure. I'm going to put it on and wrap presents or cook or something. I think it's a tough watch to sit there. <laughs> For, for 90 minutes all movies are long we watched the godfather this weekend for three hours and it took us less time to watch the godfather than it took us to watch this movie i understand that but we also made like an event around that this was one well, of them yes. this movie we did just kind of be like i don't know are we gonna watch it and we, were, we went into with the intention of we're gonna watch half of it and finish the other half later so i don't want to be like <laughs> We couldn't. We started this movie at like 1 a.m. on like a Friday. I will also say it is unbelievably unfair to compare it to The Godfather. Arguably the greatest movie of of all all time. time. (laughs) 
You heard it here, folks. A Christmas vacation is worse than a Godfather. <laughs> Breaking. Hot take express. Marlon Brando is a better leading man than Chevy Chase. <laughs> Wow, controversial and brave. I know. <laughs> a Christmas vacation, not as good as The Godfather. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't think about this movie that much, you know? <laughs> and I know we watched it, and, like, we're breaking it down, and that's what the episode is about. But, yeah. like, I don't feel strong enough to be, like, that harsh about it. Just because we've watched worse movies this year. This is a movie, I think, that I can understand people ironically enjoying it. I feel like that's how I feel about A Christmas Story these days, where I'm like, I understand A Christmas Story being camp. I think that's too advanced for The Christmas Story. <laughs> I don't want to judge this movie too harshly, because it, I don't I don't care about it that much, to be honest. It yeah, is. it is what it is. It is what it is. And that's fine. You know what you're getting into coming into this movie, I think. The tolls this movie takes on you due to its physical comedy, which is a lot of the comedy in this movie, is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, yeah, of course there's physical comedy. <laughs> it's a family movie in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up on those. Most of the comedy I grew up on was physical comedy. So I'm what, just... What comedies did I grow up on? I watched a lot of Jerry Lewis growing up, which is a different kind of physical comedy. It's much more like court jestery clown comedy versus like America's Funniest Home Videos comedy. It's not my favorite type of comedy, but I'm not like off put by it in a way that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are good notes. Now that we've gotten through the final note section of our season two, do you have any fun facts about this movie? Because I'm sure there are tons. I certainly do. So I'm actually going to start with pod favorite Chris Columbus. What is he up to in this? What did he do? So according to an article on the making of Home Alone in Chicago Magazine, mm -hmm. Chris Columbus states that he was the original director of the movie. Of this movie? Yes. Although he filmed some second unit establishing shots, which he claims are still in the finished film, hmm. he left after two meetings with Chevy Chase. Wow. Tough. And told writer and producer John Hughes, there's no way I can do this movie. I know I need to work, but I can't do it with this guy. Wow. That's, from what I've heard about Chevy Chase, unsurprising. Yeah. He was then sent the script to Home Alone in its place. You know who could have put some heart into this movie? Chris Columbus. Yeah. I know, we, I know we give him shit sometimes, but most of the movies he's done have a lot of heart to them. Most of the movies Chris Columbus does are fine. That's the thing. That's why I give him shit. It's kind of like my Ron Howard party bit, where it's like, Ron Howard is perfectly good. Chris Columbus is perfectly fine again i i don't know if i'm i'm a little <laughs> sure. bit nicer about that, i mean I, think. I, I he seems like a decent guy judging by the fact that he can't stand chevy chase sure. and also clearly he had a very good working relationship with john hughes where john hughes was like okay don't make this here's the script to home alone right. which was a runaway hit so good for him some more fun <laughs> facts we were talking about this show last night. The Griswold house is the same house that's used in WandaVision. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, when we rewatch WandaVision, we, uh, we can we'll, figure it we'll out. Inspect. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Now that you say that, I'm thinking about the house, and it does seem similar to that block. Hmm. Fascinating. Fascinating. After failing to get the Christmas lights to work one last time, Clark takes his frustration out on the plastic decorations in the front yard. This is going to be a true Aragorn in Lord of the Rings moment. Oh. Chevy Chase actually broke his pinky finger while punching Santa Claus. He resorts to kicking and clubbing the decorations after that. The film kept rolling, and that take was the one used. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Did you guys know that in Lord of the Rings, when Aragorn <laughs> kicks the helmet, he, he breaks two of his toes? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. 
tune in next season where we watch all three Lord of the Rings for Christmas. <laughs> it's going to be three out of our 12 weeks. Helm's Deep? You're going to tell me that's not Christmas? You're going to tell me the gremlins are Christmas, but the orcs aren't? No, I'm not going no, to. No, not going to tell you that. <laughs> this episode's off the rails. Five golden rings, one ring to rule them all. Yeah, same film. Think about it. Think about it. Elves, think about it. It was rumored that Clark's rant about his boss, Mr. Shirley, was ad-libbed. I mean, yeah, nobody wrote that. <laughs> this is somewhat true. What the audience doesn't see is that each member of the film facing Chevy had a sign hanging around their neck that had one word written in them. <laughs> These were some of the adjectives Clark used to describe his boss. Okay. I am very confused by this fun fact. Because I'm like, could you not A, ad-lib this, and B, or not remember your lines where you had to have these sort of prompts? I mean, the outburst is like a full minute of just random... He's an actor. That's literally his job. And Chevy Chase was a comedian. Improv, yes, yes, and. You know, like... yeah, Im- sorry, improv is not remembering lines. Well, yeah, but it's improvising, you know? I guess. I, I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the problem with this episode is I, I am outraged. And you're like, no, ah, sure. <laughs> it's kind of a theme on 12 Days Pod. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The term Griswold House soon became a part of the American and Australian vernacular to describe a house that is overly decorated, what we call the deck the hall syndrome. <laughs> yeah, anything that's overly decorated. Different de- generations. Different generations. <laughs> Can't wait to see what next gen's going to be. <laughs> What's the new deck the halls that we haven't watched yet? Let us oh, know. God, Gen Z will never allow a deck the halls to be made. That's not true. Rightfully so. That's not true. Would you like to... S- uh, here are some reviews from National Lampoons. Oh, yeah. Give me a few. This isn't necessarily super funny, but it's just something that I really agreed with. Of course, Roger Ebert, the king of the bad review. Sure. There are long stretches in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where this almost works. The movie is curious in how close it comes to delivering on its material. Sequence after sequence seems to contain all the necessary material to be well on the way toward a payoff, and then it somehow just doesn't work. I think that's where I land on this. Yeah. Where I'm like, it almost works, but it doesn't. But I'm like, but like, it almost does. <laughs> so you like try to imagine what it could have been. And then you're like, good, that it kind of almost could have gone you know, there. Much like my foggy memory about a number of Christmas movies yeah. we've watched this year. I think I fill in the blanks a little bit too much sure. with this movie. I don't think about it too much, you know. <laughs> so I get that. Yeah, I mean, he goes on to talk about how John Hughes has written so many great comedic screenplays like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and then that this is just sort of like the vague memory of what those movies are. Right. And then this review, once again, just continuing to dump on Chevy Chase. Yeah. From realreviews.net. One of the greatest unanswered questions in Hollywood is how Chevy Chase still gets work. Although his appeal is not as incomprehensible as that of, say, Polly Shore... (laughs) (laughs) it's not obvious either range is one word no one will ever use in conjunction with chase's acting ability (laughs) yeah that's true i suppose people like him because they see him as a bigger loser than themselves and it's always nice to believe that no matter how inept one is there's always someone worse off (laughs) oh my god At any rate, Chase plays Clark exactly as we expect him to. That's actually a kind of positive statement, since anything else would be disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. And those are all of my fun facts. Oh my god, what a way to finish it out. You know, 
I was always wary about being negative on this podcast, but we've found that people really like to listen to us suffer. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, we suffered. <laughs> this was a rough season. We had a great time. We've grown a lot in podcasting, in listenership, got new friends, new fans. Stay tuned, folks, because we have we have a lot for you. All righty, friends. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days of Christmas is this for you, dear Daniel? I think I'm going to give this movie four calling birds. Huh. You know, I judged this much less harshly than you did, and I this movie's kind of forgettable for me in a good way where I don't have to remember it. <laughs> like I said, I kind of fill in the blanks of what I think this movie ought to be, and so that makes it maybe a little bit more enjoyable. There's some good bits, there's a little bit of heart, but like it's mostly nothing. There's mostly nothing going on in this movie. Okay. And so four is your nothing. Four is an four is eh. Okay, perfect. Yeah. How about you? What are you giving this movie? One partridge in a pear tree. One, just one. Just one bird? One partridge. You know what? It's it's better. It's not for me. It's better than Dick the Hole. It's not for me. It's not for you. Not for me. Not for you. Nope. No. And that's fine. Yeah. Some things aren't for me. That is fine. I don't understand why, but some things aren't for me. <laughs> you don't understand why things aren't for you? Yeah. <laughs> I think I have universally acceptable taste. I've been a film critic for two whole seasons. <laughs> you imagine if i believe that critic thank you so much for listening we're only one day away from christmas and we are hoping to spread as much christmas spirit as possible so please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening and by the way we know some of you are sharing this with your parents some people have mentioned that there are some moms that are friends of the pod Thanks so much for listening. We've loved having you. If they have comments, feel free to send them our way because it seems like they like to converse with us. Yeah, please literally tweet everything your parent says about our podcast to us at 12dayspod on twitter.com. We do nothing. We're ready to respond. (laughs) You will get a response from us. Yeah, even if we're watching another movie or... Playing Animal Crossing? (laughs) You couldn't think of another activity that we do. I just, I got, I got cut on like four different things. And I, just so I said nothing. We had such a great time making this season and we will be back next season with our first episode in October of 2022, a real date and year. Remains to be seen, but uh, we'll see. Where we will be watching Home Alone 3. This is going to be such a such a crime. <laughs> and as Talk, you... hold on. <laughs> Talk about somebody getting written out of a part unceremoniously. Do you know about this? No. Don't don't give it away. We have a whole season we've got to plan. And as we say every episode, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas and Happy, happy Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. I almost said Happy Halloween. <laughs>